This is the Property Solopreneur Podcast, and I'm Rachel Troughton. I'll be talking about everything you need to create wealth by building your portfolio in a sustainable and profitable way. I'll be sharing the realities of a property investing business. I'll talk bricks and mortar, buy-to-let, HMOs, flipping and planning game, as that's what we all enjoy doing. But I'll also share how to use good systems, processes, and find the right professionals to work with. In fact, everything that will enable you to become a successful property solopreneur. Hello, welcome to this week's episode. And my word, I'm recording this early on in 2022. And it's clear that this year is going to be even better than last year or the year before. My clients are just so full on busy, lots of projects going with, of course, some little hangovers from COVID. But they've brought out some really good points that we talked about in an accountability call. And that is the danger and the pitfall of perfectionism, because COVID and the lockdowns led us into some habits we should have forgotten about left behind in childhood. One of which is that we've had time to do things in a way that we wouldn't normally do. So we've got used to the idea of wanting 100% perfectionism in absolutely everything we do, you know, even down to the fact that you could get all your viewings done and your reports written and all the different spreadsheets done to the nth degree. And my word, you felt that you'd achieved. Well, actually, no, no different from when you just did 80% of it. And that's something we've got to get back to because lockdown gave us far too much time to think. It gave us too much time to play with figures on spreadsheets. And by that, I mean the fact that normally you would just do your bare minimum and go, yep, that happens. That's okay. I'm going to go with it. I'll put an offer in or whatever. But suddenly we could do, well, what if? And if I did this and if I tweaked there, what would be the difference? Now, perfectionism is definitely the death knell of ever getting an offer over the line. You've got to go for it. So it was too much time to spend on facts and figures. But also there wasn't a lot of news over the last two years, was there? And the domestic housing market had far too much information being pumped out over the media, which did frankly put off some of my clients. They couldn't switch it off. So don't listen and wait for the perfect environment. If you haven't started, well, you're going to start now. I started in a really rushy kind of way market. It worked for me, it worked for you. So don't listen to them. And we all know the saying that 20% of your customers will bring in 80% of your revenue. Well, I also think that definitely applies to all the different departments of your business. Those vital core 20% will make the biggest difference to your bottom line. And that is where you should be concentrating your effort. There's no point in having the most beautiful desk or the most beautiful invoice creation ever seen if you're not producing enough of them. So just forget perfectionism and get going. That's why I tell my clients, this time of year, we're doing a lot of goal setting because I find people either start their new year for work in January, which is okay. You know, they run January to December or they wait for the new year, financial year in April. So it doesn't matter which, but this time of year, we do seem to spend a lot of time doing planning and goal setting, et cetera. And I always say to my clients, right, that's a nice goal, but let's make a bigger one because you've got a stretch. Now, 
if you think about it logically, part of you will be going, oh, I can't do that because I'll never hit it. Well, why don't you just have a go? Why don't you have that bigger goal? Because if you only hit 80% of that bigger goal, I think you'll be a lot better off than getting, well, quite frankly, nailing a tiny little goal. I mean, who's going to care if you hit the goal or not? It's only for you, that kind of information. You want to get the bigger goal, the bigger picture. Well, I think we all strive to be perfect because of that phrase we all learned at our mother's knees. You know, well, if something's worth doing, it's worth doing really well. Well, I can think of many phrases that I can't put on a podcast to say about what I think about that. Because if that phrase won't stop you in your tracks, nothing will. Where do you start with a phrase like that? I mean, it prevents you from doing so much stuff. It's perfectionism is the enemy of getting stuff done, even down to, you know, ironing some people can't do because they can't get the creases in the right way. Well, frankly, does it matter? But we're ingrained to try and become the most perfect we can do at anything, to please all those people around us when we were little. But you're an adult now, so let's ditch it. Let's get back to that joy. You watch children, the parents amongst us will know exactly what I mean. When they start painting, they know their daubs are akin to one of Leonardo's efforts. They don't have a moment of doubt. They do not think, now, with my finger painting and the effort that will show on the paper, will everyone know these are not trees, they're mummy and daddy? No, they couldn't give it any kind of thought. They're just really confident about moving the paint from the paint pot onto their piece of paper. And they're full of pride about what they've done. And they think it was fun. It was a fun afternoon with their finger, their brush and their paint. And they want to do it again tomorrow and the day after and the day after. And we've got to refine that joy, frankly, as solopreneurs. Find that joy and know that, do you know, it doesn't matter if today wasn't 100% perfect. We didn't get our list done and we didn't get everything done to the nth degree. As long as we did something and we enjoyed doing it and we are pleased with it, that will do. So we so need that attitude to keep us going because I think the fun gets slowly taken away by our parents and our teachers. Nothing against either of those two things. My mother was a teacher and a parent, so double whammy there. But they're programmed to ask you to be neat on a piece of paper. I was always being marked down with lots of red ink because I doodle and all sorts of other things. But that's what you've got to get away from. It's a learnt trait, so unlearn it. Try being a bit rough around the edges. Does it matter? No. Now, one of the things that I know, for instance, is I'm not great at art. So everything like that gets outsourced. I'm not going to beat myself up about it. I do have friends who are absolutely amazing at just being able to draw up something quick and easy for their company. That's not my zone of genius, to be quite frank. And I think your attitude to this whole perfectionism thing does depend on your character traits. Now, if you haven't done one, I would advise you go and do one of those management quizzes. They're enormous fun. The questions can seem really odd and slightly banal, but actually they'd be well thought out by the people who make these. So they, you should get a good answer at the end of it, which you can recognise as being yourself. Now, I've done Wealth Dynamics and I know that I'm a star and a creator. That's exactly it. That's what I enjoy doing. I enjoy doing things like this, standing in the front of the room, creating something, teaching people, helping others to do what I do. But I'm not a great fan of the spreadsheet. I have them. I do them. But I don't leap out of bed going, oh, it's spreadsheet day. So I partner up with a lord. And they are the people who love spreadsheets, who can calculate income, profit margins, etc., to a really high degree of accuracy. That's their thing. 
but I'm happy with 80%. Know and understand your temperament. You know, that makes it all a lot easier for you. Some of us are frankly just happier and more productive with the concept of doing something rather than nothing. And I have no problems with knowing I left a little bit that could have been improved upon. Because perfectionism also means that it's a legitimate way of not getting the real stuff done in the day. And particularly for those of us who have families, who live with other people of any sort, because you can fill your entire day with little bits of this and that. I've got a great friend who's a past master of that. I mean, she has a degree in it, I think. A classic example is we regularly go on holiday together. And when the children were young, we went out for our first beach holiday. And on the first day, we came back and we took all the sort of bits and pieces out of the car. She went back out there to clear it of all the things that were not meant to be in there. Hoovered it, dusted it, you know, cleaned it all up. And then she looked into the back of my car and had a small fit because the boot appeared to have half the beach in it. She was completely horrified that I was going to go inside the house, put my feet up, have a cup of tea and just enjoy the moment. And it does say something for our friendship that we're still going on holiday together 35 years later and that I slept like a log in the, later in that afternoon, not giving her disapproval any type of house room. No. And I think that's what solopreneurs have got to be like. You've got to be able to go, yeah, that's your rule. If you want to do that, you want to be 100% and squeaky amazing and that's your zone of genius, fine, crack on. But don't expect me to live to your expectations or to want to do 100%. No, my car was quite adequately clean for what we were going to do. My children didn't notice. Very happy to get in the car the next day and go back down to the beach. Now, her car is kept squeaky clean so she can get the maximum price for it when she changes it because she changes her car far more often than I do. I view it as a workhorse. And, you know, she's absolutely amazed because she will clean her car before taking it to the cleaners that I have no embarrassment whatsoever at taking what can be a mobile health hazard to the valets who will do their wonder with the hoovers and the steam cleaners. They know that what they can do to the nth degree, I know what I'm going to do. And to be quite honest, it doesn't matter how often or how long I spent with a brush and dustpan or a hoover in the car, it would never look as good as they can make it. Now, I do do tidying and domesticity, etc., but not all the time. And I have a wonderful tidy and washing fairy called Jess. She's actually more important to me than my VA. She creates time for me so I can work in it. And she works around me. I mean, we have a very good system. When she arrives, she knows which room I'm going to be working in that day. And she will go and clean my office, etc. So that by the time I get back there, it's all ready for me. She creates the working environment that I can do. She loves cleaning. And my word, she can clean to a much better standard than I could ever hope to achieve. That's fine. If my VA can't come in that day, I can just crack on and do most things. But if Jess can't come in, my life just goes downhill in a major way. But I don't live my life in fear that someone's going to pop into my house and judge me. Even when I lived in army quarters and we were in camps, there were some people whose houses were absolutely wonderful. Mine never was. It always looked like a sort of tiny little country house full of dogs and, and everything else. But I was always working and I always had a side hustle on the side. And there are only so many hours in the day. So perfect has never, ever been a word in my vocabulary. And actually being a massive dyslexic, um, I'm not sure I could spell it either. But property, now that's a different kettle of fish I can hear some of you cry. Well, why? In what way does a property deal have to be perfect? Think about it logically. 
It could be perfect for me or it could be perfect for you. But you and I may not have the same idea about what perfect is. So there is no way of going on a course and discovering what a perfect property is. You can learn the sort of parameters and decide where in those um, parameters you sit for buying a property or working on a property, but there's no such thing as perfect. And particularly when you're learning, 100% of perfection will be out of reach and we've all got to get used to that. You just need to get going and perfect will come later. And I think you've all heard about the idea that, you know, just get going and and perfect later, brush up later. That's fine. Now, I know a lot of people who have online courses and written books. And if you find an early edition of the course or the book, you can spend your whole time going, oh, I can't believe this isn't better edited. My word, look at this. I can't believe they put this out. Well, have you put it? Have you written a book? Have you put it out? No, you're probably just worried about, you know, exactly that kind of attitude. But they come up behind when they've got more time because the money is now flowing in and they go, I'm going to re-edit that book. I'm going to reissue it. It'll be second edition, third edition, fourth edition. That's where the perfection comes in. And by that time, they've got somebody else working on it as well, whose zone of genius is editing and making wonderful diagrams. So, Don't think you have to do it all first time off and in the right way. Cut yourself some slack. Throw away your chuff chart if you've got one. That all needs to be left in childhood. You're adulting now, so you can move and change your mind and only do 80% if that's what you want to do. And, you know, in property, that is actually what we're doing all the time when we're ditching lemons. For those of us who've got portfolios, I don't think we've probably all got every property we've ever bought. I think we've all got to ditch the belief that once property is bought, it's going to be in your portfolio when you die. I looked at this just as a matter of interest before I started to record this. And out of the first 10 properties that I bought for my rental portfolio, this doesn't include the things that I bought for other people or for other reasons, I have actually sold the second, the fifth and the ninth property I ever bought. Not in any particular sequence, just those that the buying sequence they were. And one was sold after a renovation and one was sold after 15 years of tenancy. But guess what? They all had one thing in common. They were early ones and they were nowhere near as good as the ones that I got later. Now, the second house was a lovely house in itself. Nothing actually wrong with it. The biggest problem I had was it. I just had too many in that one area. And that left me overexposed when, you know, the area went up or down, depending on what was going to happen, and areas do move. You know, its figures were no worse or no better than the others. Its rent had given me a jolly good income. Um, The equity had bought me another buy to let. But the sad truth was, it just wasn't as perfect as the others, and it had to go. It had more voids than others. I think it was just too far on the outlying district and it attracted more tenants who caused me problems. And until I sold it, it was definitely the grit in my oyster shell. It was always annoying me. And that is the thing. If I had thought, will that house be perfect? I'll have to sell it in 10 years time. I won't buy it. I'd never have got a portfolio. That was definitely an example of a house which fitted the criteria at the time. Even at the time when I bought it, there were things I could have done better, but I went... That's all I need. That's all I need to do. Not it's the best it could ever be. That's all I need to do to that house to rent it out for it to get start bringing back money. And then it increased in price and I sold it on. Fantastic. So the 80-20 rule to everything you do and not going for perfectionism will really, really change your life and apply it to everything. 
there is no such thing as the perfect estate agent for those of us in property. I did work very closely with one particular estate agent because he was wonderful. But his view of what was a perfect investment property was nowhere near mine. Now, he was absolutely confident, honestly, every single time he rang me, he said, I've got perfect house for you, that his idea of a investment property was 100% right. But that actually is his role. You know, his job depended on him selling for his clients and he does work on behalf of the clients and getting the commission for the company. But I had a totally different set of criteria. And funnily enough, you do tend to think after a while, you know, what is it with estate agents? Why can't they see what's absolutely essential for me? Well, that's because we're not working on the same page, are we? So don't think everyone is going to be perfect that you work with and don't expect it. But if you can get enough out of what they're doing, then it'll make a difference to your business. As I say, he was wonderful, but it certainly I didn't buy any of the houses that he told me were perfect. But I think as a solopreneur, realising that perfect is my worst enemy is really, really important because I'm a jack of all trades and I need to be a master of none. You know, that old phrase, but you know, it's perfectly true. And if I remember that, it really does work for me because there are so many things as a solopreneur that you've got to juggle. I sit in awe looking at some of the stuff on Instagram and you think, that is amazing. I wish I could do that. Well, it'll take up a lot of my time. No, <laughs> might be fun, won't bring in the money in the way that I want it. Actually, what I do, which is not the full amount of work on Instagram, is fine. So remember, when you next fret about not being 100% perfect, get that 100% perfect monkey off your shoulder for a start and just go, what I do is enough. Have you seen that funny little meme on, on Instagram that goes, I do my best, Timothy, I do my best. That is what you need to keep stuck in your mind. Perfectionism is definitely the enemy of success. And being perfect will stop you being financially free and time rich. Well, of course it will. And you've got to remember that. Just accept that you're 80% perfect. That I can live with. Yep, that's a high score. And if we were doing a degree, we might even get a first with that. I'll take that quite happily. So if you all do that, and I do that, we'll all be wildly successful property solopreneurs. Thank you for listening to the Property Solopreneur podcast with Rachel Troughton. If you want to create a professional and profitable property business, download my property business checklist now at racheltroughton.com slash checklist.